This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello and welcome to Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, joined today by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman. We're going to hit you with all of our expertise. I'm the lead writer for CBS Sports. Lisa is an NWS analyst and broadcaster, and we are going to hit you all with first reactions and a live recap of the United States women's national team against Paraguay. 9-0 is the scoreline. It's a huge Ooh. one. Maybe some folks thinking, hey, there's not a lot that was learned in this match, but let's get through it. Lisa, how are you doing today? How what's your like quick one sentence, one word even reaction to this game that we just saw? Not surprising. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> if if you're limiting me to one word when you know me, Sandra, I love to just ramble. <laughs> not surprising. Um, but yeah, we we knew that the U.S. was probably going to come in here and and play a little bit more like the United States team that we didn't see in the Olympics in terms of scoring goals and getting numbers up and and putting a lot of pressure on in the attack. Um, but yeah, not surprising. Um, I am surprised like no records were broken by Carly Lloyd because she got pretty close. <laughs> pretty, pretty close. Uh, you know, th- this United States women's national team has – uh, well, had four games ahead of them in September and October. Two are going to take place in right now in September in Ohio against Paraguay. And then another two will be taking place in October against Korea. And this is this is the first one. This is the first stop of the Carly Lloyd U.S. Women's National Team uh, retirement tour, I guess. Um, well, let's let's start with that before we get into like starting lineups and all that. Mm-hmm. Lisa. Uh, something that you and I have chatted a little bit about off mic, quite frankly. Let's bring it on. Let's bring it on, Mike. Now is is the concept of this uh, kind of extended, like celebratory esque type of uh, period for for Carly Lloyd. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'll put myself on blast. I'm actually enjoying it. I kind of am like happy that this is going to be happening, that it's kind of like an event-based thing. Um, so often we have seen in other professional arenas um, on the men's side of the game where there is the announcement of a retirement for whoever is considered a legend of the game and there's like a bit of a celebratory thing that takes place and just off the top of my head just sort of thinking of something like uh major league baseball whether it was somebody like mariana rivera or somebody like Derek jeter for for the yankees and sort of kind of hanging up their head and saying like hey this is it like that's it and then all of a sudden you've got 162 games of like paying homage and honoring what's going to happen so seeing 
uh, Carly Lloyd make the decision to step away from the game and then announce it in the way that it was announced. Uh, and we'll plug things here right now. Lisa, we had a great interview with her for Attacking Third, where she talked a lot about the emotions of announcing her retirement and then now sort of being faced with these final four games on the international stage and then closing her club season out in the NWSL and how that all kind of came to light, uh, that she was a little iffy at first, like of how to maybe go about it, but with a little bit of encouragement, right. From, uh, mm-hmm. us soccer that they said, let's, let's do it like this. And, uh, I'm a fan of it. I'm enjoying it. I would like to see more of that. Eventually mm-hmm. down the road, there's going to be more athletes on this team that eventually call it a career. And they are athletes who are probably going to be just like a similarly full of like accolades that Carly Lloyd uh, has done. I mean, there's multiple players on this team who are like two time World Cup champions, you know, like Olympic gold medalist. And eventually they will make that announcement. And I hope that they get something similar. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. And uh, this first game tonight uh, was on un- was unreal. What's what's your takes about like having like the long, the slow, long goodbye? I like it. It's a way for fans to say goodbye. It's a way for young fans to see a player at this caliber that Carly Lloyd is um, in in person because this tour is happening in the U.S. in in Cleveland and in Ohio tonight. Um, But for the player, I think it's a sense of closure because there's so much that athletes talk about, um, especially a player like Carly Lloyd that has, soccer has been her whole life. She's said this time and time again, that it's been her first true love. And to say goodbye to that true love is really hard and really difficult. And for an athlete to just walk off the pitch for one last time is very difficult. So for her to have this sense of closure, this last chapter that she gets to write alongside fans and alongside her country, wearing her country's colors is a big honor for her and something that she is taking very seriously. She's not taking it lightly. Um, And I do like that. And I can understand her hesitancy to announce her retirement before she's actually done playing and say, actually, I'm going to retire, but in five months. I understand that and and where that hesitancy could come from in a player like that. But she knew even in our interview, in our chat with her, Sandra, she said, I wanted to get to Tokyo 2020. And then a pandemic happened and it got pushed back. So then her retirement gets pushed back. So I could also see how that could be question marks for her and where it becomes, okay, I won't announce it yet. And I'll just wait until after the Olympics in 2021. Oh, there's only four friendlies. I'll just wait till after those. Oh, there's one more January camp. I'll just wait till after that one. I could see how a player like Carly Lloyd could do that. A player that is so intense in this game and so intense with her love and her passion for this game. Um, So to announce it and, and really be able to embrace these last four games, now three ahead of her um, for the national team is really big. And I like it. And now for Gotham, she still gets to play in the NWSL. And I just have to like be very excited for a moment because I'm in Philadelphia and I had plans to go to Red Bull Arena to watch Carly Lloyd and Gotham. And they moved the game on October 6th to Subaru Park, home of the Philadelphia Union. So right down the street from me. So now I get to go see her and I'm I'm pumped. So there, there's things like that, that fans like me, who I have the accessibility and 
the opportunity to go see her in play. And now it's made even easier because she's coming to Philadelphia and, and we know that this is one of her last. Um, I'm excited. Imagine everyone else when I have the freedom to go do that. And now it's coming to Philadelphia and she's going to Cleveland with the national team. Um, yeah, I'm, I like that she announced it like this and that there's a sense of closure for her and for fans. Yeah, I'm into it. Uh, I think this is maybe something that's opening the door to how retirements look maybe a little bit further down the line someday. Because in the past, you just sort of have seen that where it's just like, hey, going to retire. Here's a send off game. See you later. You know what I mean? And uh, there's been some pretty uh, memorable and historic players in which, you know, that's that's how they made their departure. And, and that's fine. Uh, maybe that's how they wanted it, you know. But if there is opportunity in the future to maybe do this, you know, with uh, more players on the road, I would I would love to, to see it. Um, continuing to sort of set the scene a little bit, though. Lisa, for this one. We did preview this match just a little bit, and um, we talked a little bit about the the games in front of them, the roster that head coach Vlako Andonovsky was going to be working with in these uh, two particular matches. And uh, the angle is just essentially that, you know, these these are exhibition games. You know, there's these are a handful of games uh, are that are post the Tokyo Summer Olympic Games. The the first matches for this team uh, coming back from earning a bronze medal. Uh, so the rosters, the training camp rosters were going to look pretty specific. Uh, so when the announcement came, obviously so many of the Olympians were on there. But as we learned post-Olympics and saw, honestly, during the Olympics, that there were some injuries that were picked up uh, along the way. So there's some, there were some big missing names uh, for this one. So uh, players uh, like Alyssa Nair, Julie Ertz, Sam Mewis, Kristen Press, Megan Rapino, unavailable uh, for these matches. And in light of that, uh, Vlako Andonovsky decided to call in some players uh, who have been pretty impressive for their NWSL clubs and putting together really strong seasons. So they called in Sophia Smith, Andy Sullivan, Mallory Pugh to, to try to sort of balance all that stuff out. So looking ahead into these matches, there were certain narratives, certain storylines coming into play. You know, it's, it's two friendlies against Paraguay. This is uh, not a highly ranked team. This is a team where we talked about that their uh, last game was in April. They have not spent a lot of time together. Uh, it was a 7-0 blowout against Japan. Um, they did have additional friendlies lined up, but like so many things in an ongoing pandemic, uh, three friendlies against Colombia were canceled um, in light of everything going on. So they were kind of went into this match really, again, not a lot of time together and kind of, you know, full hearts, eyes wide open, right? What happens, happens, right? And then you have this United States uh, women's national team who are coming off of, of their Olympics and, and earning a bronze medal. And sort of having these games and, uh, again, taking the angle that they're really sort of exhibition games, but that there's also a storyline of like, well, what are you learning as, you know, a United States women's national team that is so successful from from these types of, of games? And we're going to get more into all of that stuff as we actually start talking about the game a little bit because there's a lot of goals uh, to get through. <laughs> but I think initially – Let's uh, maybe continue to set the scene and then get into the starting 11 um, because there was a lot of history that was kind of made tonight, including a little bit of referee history. Right, Lisa? There was. is very, very exciting. Um, this this was huge tonight. Game marked the final match for Karen Apt. Uh, she is a FIFA international referee. Karen 
congrats. I mean, it's exciting. We have to celebrate the referees. They're the third, the third team on the field. Honestly, we give them a lot of grief, but it's nice to celebrate them when we can in those moments. So congratulations, Karen. Thanks for being a FIFA ref and thanks for taking all the crap that fans and players have given you over the years. <laughs> it's a tough job. That it's job is hard. Job. <laughs> it's such a tough job. And before we jump into the lineups and we, we touched on the roster, but um, after we did our preview of this game, Black Wondonofsky did a media availability and he let us know some, some updates on players, specifically Lindsay Horan. Uh, she was announced, it was announced that she will not be playing in these friendlies due to a little knock that she picked up when she was playing for a club um, in the Thorns versus Courage game over the last weekend. And also Tobin Heath. It was announced that she will be playing limited minutes. Um, if you watch the game, she did get in at the very end. Spoiler alert, she's one of our nine goal scorers. Well, <laughs> nine goals that were scored, she was one of the goal scorers for them. Um, so it was announced before that Haran would not be playing and Tobin Heath would have limited minutes in both of these matches. Um, so just a heads up, because that definitely changes the starting lineup. When I first heard that Lindsay Haran would not be playing, I was like, ooh, that opens a lot of possibilities in the midfield, especially for... Andy Sullivan and Kat Macario and different players to see more time there than we did because Lindsay Horan, a player that uh, played a lot in the Olympics and played a lot leading up to the Olympics with this U.S. national team. I am. Um, I was eager to 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 look into that. I mean, where that's just sort of how it works. Sometimes that's that's the name of the game when it comes to professional sports, international soccer, uh, specifically, and honestly, the culture of this this team. It's like next player up, like who's mm -hmm. going to come in and slot in, and then that also leads to a larger conversation, quite frankly, of the importance of the league and having the National Women's Soccer League as this place where these players continue to their development, continue to cultivate their talent, and um, having a coach like Blacko Andonovsky, who has such an extended background in NWSL as a former NWSL coach uh, and sort of keeping his eye on the game. He knew he probably knew right away who he wanted to call in in light of all of the, uh, you know, other players who were unavailable uh, for for this match. So those were some of the other angles. Right. I know that we were excited mm -hmm. uh, to look for in this match uh, because there's often, again, all those those other narratives where it's just like, what are you really going to get on it? And we got to immediately see these players make an impact. So let's take a look at this starting 11. You don't know until you know. And when it dropped, it dropped like this. They had Adriana French and Net Crystal Dunn, Tierna Davidson, Becky Sauerbrunn, Kelly O'Hara rounding out the back line. Andy Sullivan, Chrissy Mewis, Rose Lavelle, Mal Pugh, Carly Lloyd, and Lynn Williams rounding out the attack. Lisa, I want you hit me with some first impressions. Were you happy to sort of see the the new, the the, the fresh faces? They're not new. They've, they've been in the in the mm -hmm. pool, the larger pool for some time. But were you happy to see the, the names who got called in actually getting a start in this one? I really was because – why be called in if we're not going to see you in game minutes? And getting a start is a pretty big deal. Um, but the front three with Mal Pugh, Carly Lloyd, and Lynn Williams, that that was very exciting to see. Very exciting to see. Not surprised at all that Carly Lloyd gets the nod for the start. This is her retirement final lap around to say goodbye to everyone before she retires. So yes, well-deserved start for Carly Lloyd, but to have Lynn Williams also in that starting lineup, that is really huge for Lynn Williams, who was named an alternate going into the Olympics. And we saw her get time there. And then Mallory Pugh, 
a player that has just done so well in the NWSL and with league play. And Vlako Andonovsky knows her and understands what she's been with. The last time she played with the U.S. national team was in 2019. It's been some time. She's been through some injuries. She's rotated through three different NWSL clubs in three years. And now she's finally getting back to a little bit of consistency on the pitch, which for a young player, she's 23, incredibly young. Um, that's really huge. And for her to get the start in this match, um, that's really big for her confidence and confidence in her coach and her teammates around her. Um, and I also really liked seeing Andy Sullivan in the midfield. I really liked the trio of Christy Mewis, Rose Lavelle, and Andy Sullivan in the midfield. And it played out on the pitch how I was expecting it to play out when I saw this lineup, which I'm sure we'll get into. But in the starting lineup, I mean, not many surprises in the back line. But when you looked at these players that got called up, two of the three that weren't at the Olympics made it in the starting lineup. Were you happy about that? Yeah, <laughs> quite <laughs> frankly. Look, you're, that's what we're looking for when people yeah. like us are watching this game, right? People who are, are covering it. We know we pr provide the content for attacking third or I'm um, spinning something off on on the site for CBS Sports. That, that's the stuff that that we're looking for. I can't disagree with you on what you've already said in terms of your reactions to this initial starting 11. I was, you know, hyped to see Andy Sullivan um, in the mix for this one. She has been putting together such a good season with Washington spirit uh, type of midfielder who can, you know, be both connector and disruptor. Quite frankly, uh, you'll love to see it kind of reminds you of another really important midfielder, right. Who wasn't uh, available in that sense. And then to see somebody, um, you know, like Mal Pugh, you know, getting, getting the start up top and just kind of seeing the comparison to like what she does day to day or week to week, uh, excuse me, and on the NWSL side of things, and then getting into a national team game like this. Uh, it's just amazing to see what a player like that can do when she has options, <laughs> quite frankly. Uh, she's got three goals and three assists uh, within the whole year right now to date with the Red Stars and then comes into this game and just backs, you know, three assists like it's nothing. Obviously, we're taking into consideration the opposition in front of them, but you still have to have a certain level of skill to pay attention to literally take what the game mm -hmm. is giving you. And uh, she was doing that uh, tonight. I do want to take a second um, to just kind of maybe center in a little bit on Paraguay. I'd like to just like kind of read off their, their starting 11 and maybe talk a little bit about them a bit. Uh, it's officially kicking off uh, Hispanic Heritage Month, so shout out to mi gente, anybody who's celebrating their Latinidad. I just want to send you some love. I know the, the chat is going off. Yes, this is a Mexico jersey. I had to come correct today on the, uh, the SEC. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about uh, Paraguay. They had a Cristina Recalde in net, Maria Martinez, uh, Lupita Fretes, Tania Rizzo, Daisy Barrero, Lorena Alonso, Fanny Gasto, Fanny Godoy, uh, Daisy Ojeda, Mirta Pico, and Fabiola Sandoval. Uh, Godoy getting the captain's armband in this one. Uh, but again, just to, we, we talked about that a little bit, how this team just didn't get a lot of time together, um, in, let alone this year, let alone in 2020 uh, or, or in general. Um, the captain and some of the, uh, and, and Fanny Godoy only having a, 49 caps, you know, to date with this team. And that's a uh, second for most caps on, on this starting um, 11. I believe uh, their defender Fretes has the most, I think with 54 people can feel free to stat check me on that, but just again, to sort of 
give a little bit of context and perspective, right, of like what's happening uh, on the pitch on the other side of the ball, right? And Um, and when you look at this team for Paraguay, not one single player over the age of 30, uh, most of them playing in semi-professional settings. So to play against the U.S. team is really, that's a big deal for them. I mean, it's, that's huge. Uh, But such a young team, such a young team, especially when you compare it to the roster of the U.S. that has Carly Lloyd, who's about to retire, just one of the players. Yeah. And teams who are, you know, these players who are playing for for club them, themselves, you know, you've got players on this Paraguay national side who are, you know, playing in South America, whether it's clubs in, in Brazil or Colombia, um, but also players who are playing overseas in Spain, even if it, it is in the, the second uh, division. So the opportunity that this sort of presents – you know, to a team like that is, is, is tenfold. I don't think it could be taken uh, for granted. They, they know who they are. They know what the program they are and, and how they are building. Um, so to have this type of game, the opportunity, the con the concept of being able to uh, take the pitch against the world's most greatest team, right. Of all time, quite frankly, uh, somebody, you're uh, a team that's, you know, won multiple world cups have, has won multiple Olympic medals. Um, that's, that's huge for, for the opposition, uh, like that. Uh, does anybody like to be on the other side of, of a scoreline like that? No, uh, absolutely not. But if you stick around and you watch that type of game, you see what it means at the end of the 90 minutes when the final whistle hits. Uh, you know, it's 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 a tough scoreline again, but you see players immediately, uh, you know, trying to get in the mix and extend good sportsmanship amongst each other, taking photos right with 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 teams with somebody like Carly Lloyd. That's what it means um, for them. And hopefully uh, it's something it's a game that they can look on back to and you know to help them with the uh you know progression of their program quite frankly uh, because they have another one um on the horizon but quick start to this one lisa there was very little getting adjusted to this we are so lightly (laughs) well you know what hey we're 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 both i know kind of like half glass full kind of gals right so there was like a little moment in our preview where we're like hey they haven't faced this team. This is the first time that they were going to face Paraguay on the senior national team level, right? Unfamiliarities on both sides. Like, hey, maybe it'll take a second for the United States to sort of take a look and see what this team was presenting them. It especially them- because it's especially because Andy Sullivan new to the starting lineup, yes. Mallory Pugh new to the starting lineup. Yeah, that's another thing we're taking. You want it's a hypothetical. Here. It's a hypothetical that you present at the time of a preview, which again you're just like, hey, maybe, right? Lisa, girl, it took them three minutes to get on this scoreboard. They opened up the scoring in in three minutes, and it was off of a set piece. Mal Pugh with this ridiculous service can't leave Carly Lloyd exposed like that makes you pay three minutes Carly Lloyd gets on the on the board first uh, it, it was like you just you just knew it just talk about scene setters it just set the tone for what the rest of this game was going to be it, it did set this tone three minutes in and uh, no one had time to breathe um Paraguay the fans in the stadium me at home sitting on my couch anyone on Twitter before three minutes later Carly Lloyd l- does it again she gets two goals in the first six minutes of this match. 
So she already jumps up the the rankings in all-time goal scorers for the U.S. Women's National Team at the international level. She started this game with 128 goals, um, tied for fifth. Just a heads up. Started this game at 128 goals. She did not end it there, everyone. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's like what it's like. What's going to come out of this game? It's like oh, apparently like records. That's what's going to come out of this game. It's like oh, like what's going to? Wh- who's going to learn? What are we going to learn? Oh, we're going to learn that like Mallory Pugh is awesome, and yeah. when she has options, if she's already doing what she's doing in NWSL, like. Clearly, it's translating, you know, on the national team level. What are we going to learn from this? We're going to learn that Andy Sullivan is ready and she's been ready. So I'm sure if she gets her name called again to try to get in the mix of this midfield, it's going to be as an asset and not as a bystander. For sure. We also learned that Lynn Williams doesn't just she's not just fast and know how knows how to press off the ball, but she can score goals and get assists. If a forward can get goals of course that's great and that's what you want but for a player like Lynn Williams to get two assists on the night and notch a goal of her own that shows so much more than just a player that can run and score goals and you mentioned Mallory Pugh that this player she's done well with the Red Stars and she's done well in the NWSL but when you put a player like Mallory Pugh who has all the pieces to be phenomenal on the field with the greats all of the greats, your game is elevated. Great players like to play with other great players. And that is no knock on anyone on the Red Stars because she's playing with her teammate, Tierna Davidson, out there. Um, But it's no knock against them. It's more of like the intensity level is elevated, especially when Mallory Pugh is alongside Carly Lloyd. And Mallory Pugh, she impacted this game the entire time she was on the pitch, um, three assists. She was making runs. She was in great positions. She was eliminating players um, for Paraguay when they did have the ball. It was a game for her to get back in the rhythm. Her first start since 2019 with the national team, just to reset the button for her at the national a team and at this international level, this was a great starting point for her and foundation for the future of her career because it's been rocky. Her past has been rocky, and this new layer for Mallory Pugh now, the future is very bright for her. Yeah, absolutely. It's also important to just you know see these players play together because they've had familiarity with each other. Mm-hmm. You know, Andy Sullivan and Mal Pugh played together for a little bit in the Washington spirit before uh, her pro career. And then Basel started to take a different uh, trajectory. Right. Uh, but they're also players who aren't unfamiliar with the national team pool. You know, Mallory Pugh is an Olympian, one of the youngest Olympians ever named through the United States women's national team. She's a world cup champion as well. You know, she was on that 2019 um, uh, world cup roster. Um and within camps and, and different uh, uh, different opportunities for uh, training camps, uh, they've been in this larger extended pool. So it's also very important to have players who do sort of have that uh, familiarity with with each other. So you know she's had to deal with a lot of injuries, a lot of knocks, and and the same can uh, be said a little bit for um, Andy Sullivan. You know who has dealt with uh, meniscus issues before in the past. She was coming off of surgery coming into this regular season in uh, in NWSL. So seeing these two players find success uh, with their uh, 
NWSL clubs and then watching that, seeing that translate uh, in an international friendly exhibition style game or not, it's promising. Uh, I think my initial reaction to like the early like 30 minutes of this game was was that that sure like is it very easy to just sort of be dismissive of a game like this yeah it's easy to do that it's easy to say that like the game might not mean anything but i'm not gonna sit here and act like these minutes don't matter uh to those particular players and that they're not by extension a reflection of the importance of the league so that sort of was my angle uh you know in looking at that kind of stuff and trying to find the silver linings and uh, the opportunities for a team like, you know, Paraguay going into this one, perhaps knowing that it was going to be a long night. Uh, so uh, really by halftime, Lisa, this was really written. It was really, really written. You're talking about six goals, six goals in the first half for the United States women's national team. We keep talking about these particular players, but Andy Sullivan earning her first ever uh, goal at the na- senior national team level in this game. That's a big deal. And then she went ahead and then she picked up a second one, ended her night with two goals and an assist. You know, so while we're talking about Mal Pugh setting up uh, everyone, it felt like during this match and walking away with the uh, three assists, Andy Sullivan went ahead and got two goals and assist of her own. Uh and not for lack of effort, uh, Lynn Williams as well, uh, getting this one. Yes, she was an Olympian, uh, but this is another player who got called into the national team mix because of her play for club. Mm-hmm. So we're watching and seeing the continued development of somebody like uh, Lynn Williams. And uh, it's important to see that even if this is a team, even if the opposition that you are facing – Right. Um, is probably you have to take that into account. Probably going to look a certain kind of way. You still want to see your the players that you called in take advantage of that. Yes. You want to see that. I think this is. I mean, if let's be real, like if this scoreline isn't as lopsided as it is, if it's a two nothing scoreline, even a three nothing scoreline. Is this the same narrative that we're having? Is this the same reaction that we're having? Like, no. Like, this is a team that was coming out of the Olympics and a big point of concern for many people watching that summer tournament was what's going on with the attack? Why? Where's the ruthlessness? Where's the finishing? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The world is falling, right? So if, if you're going into this game against Paraguay, this first one, this first match, and you're playing to like, oh, it's 2-0, 3-0. Are you just celebrating like, oh, it's a win and I knew they win? I I would wager and say that there would still be an additional narrative around it. Well, like, I can't believe they didn't beat this team by five goals. Like, <laughs> let's be real here. It, it is. It's That's so true that no matter which way you spin it, there can be a, a negative narrative on this one. But you mentioned the halftime. Six goals and Lloyd, Carly Lloyd had four goals at this point. Lynn Williams had one goal, two assists, and Andy Sullivan had a goal. Mallory Pugh had two assists. Um, that that is impressive stats, and that is impressive stuff to see heading into the locker room. I can't imagine Black Wandanovsky had much much to say in that locker room at halftime, besides like, Carly, are you sure you want to retire? Why not stick around? <laughs> No, I mean, I think it was pretty evident, too, when they they came back out for for the second half. Maybe it was just a quick check in, like how you feeling kind of vibe, uh, because the initial starting 11 
came right on back out uh, to sort of continue pushing and building up on on what they had already established and and been working on. We thought maybe like at that point, it's a six, you know, it's a six zero game. Uh, there is no slaughter rule at the senior level, folks. Sorry, uh, you're gonna keep playing. You're not gonna disrespect your opposition like that, you know, with a with a mercy rule. Um, but they got right back to it. That second goal for Andy Sullivan comes like just like what, like ninety seconds, yeah. <laughs> After the uh, the second half uh, gets kicked off, so it just there was just like no break in the momentum um, at all for this team. So maybe that's the silver lining if you're Paraguay that you're taking away. That guess what, you conceded six goals in the first half of this game, but you know what you didn't do concede six more goals in the second you only conceded three and it sounds kind of jokey and funny but believe it or not those are things that they're going to go back and look at why did you have a better second 45 versus a better first 45 and believe it or not these two teams have to face again next week so Paraguay does need to look at those stats and say what changed in the second half um I'll Interesting, interesting things. Um, now, Sandra, I want to ask you for this Paraguay team, they do have to play against the U.S. again on Tuesday. What I think it'll be a different game? Oftentimes, when the U.S. plays back to back friendlies against the same country, um, the second game looks different. It does, whether they've figured out the U.S. a little bit more or the U.S. is not as heavy with their foot on the gas pedal, but what can Paraguay take away from this game besides they only conceded six in the first half and not six in the second half again? Well, that's, that's the, that's the biggest one. Right. And I think they might be forced into some rotation a little bit. I mean, talk about some injuries uh, coming along their massive uh, head injury there with the collision with uh, Lynn Williams. But um, yeah, that's going to force, uh, force the coach's hand to probably change up, some things and and get some different looks and and get some different uh, minutes. Uh, didn't look like this team initially was interested in sort of parking the bus. If they were oh. trying to bunker, it did not play out the way that they wanted to. Um, but there were times defensively where it did look like. Paraguay was trying to, uh, especially on the set pieces and corner kicks, which is where the U.S. scored a a number of their goals, play a bit more zonal defensively um, and not pick up man-to-man. Because when you looked at it initially watching the field, number 10, Carly Lloyd was wide open every time. And after she scores four goals in the first half, after she scores two goals in the first six minutes, my defensive alarm in my brain is going off saying, put someone on her no matter what. Yes, all 11 players on the field are good. The seven that are inside the box on these set pieces are very good. But if number 10 is scoring most of their goals, Carly Lloyd, get someone on her. But so I I have to give them a lot of credit, Paraguay, because they didn't change their – their defensive structure and they didn't change their game plan defensively that they wanted to do, which is zonal marking and get to the ball first. And it was, it was, it was, it was not just in the scoreline. It it was massively lopsided in terms of like the other numbers, right? Like heading into the half, they were being out possessed. They didn't get a ton of touches on the ball, but like even looking at it somehow you're looking at it and you're like, Oh, that could be a lot worse, you know, like, 
they nearly got 200 touches on the ball. And like, there's a lot of people maybe with the eye test were like, they didn't get 50, you know? So it's like, there's, there's things to, to look at there. So maybe going into this next match, they try to improve on that a little bit, you know, maybe instead of it being like, you know, 70, 30% of, you know, uh, possession, you, you even try to chip at that a little bit. You And when, if you do find yourself being able to get on the ball, who is your next option? Are you going to be able to make some combination and string together some passes? It's uh, it's the little things. And going up against this United States women's national team, that's tough. That's going to be hard for them. That is going to be tough for them to do. Um, but we'll we'll see. We'll see if it's a 9-0 scoreline or I think even if you can narrow that a little bit, they take that as a silver lining and try to improve yeah. on that. I think I, I wonder this- if anyone bet on this and took the over in goals. I don't know what it was. I wish I did, but if, if you I, did, let us know. I let would us love know. to hear it. Tweet at us at attacking third. Let us know if you bet on this game, what the over under was for goals, total goals, US goals, and and if you took it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh I think in terms of just looking at the United States uh, side of things here. Um it's not going to be a full on preview, but I just want to thank everyone in advance before we start out during the show here. Looking ahead just a little bit, they're going to have a, a quick turnaround. It's going to be on Tuesday. They're going to face this same team. What do you want to see, Lisa? You're the head coach. Like, are you going to roll out with like kind of a similar lineup? Do you want to shake things up? For if I'm Vladko Andonovsky? Yeah. I would like to shake things up. I I honestly would because you're bringing these players in um, that need time and and experience at the senior level. And we saw Sophia Smith get minutes, especially in the second half. But I don't think that she played to her potential in the minutes that we saw. I mean, she had a good game and the U.S. had a good game overall. But from what I've seen Smith do with the Portland Thorns in the NWSL, I didn't see that in this match on Thursday evening. Um, So I would like to see her get the nod at the start and see if that changes things. Um, I I would. I'd like to see a little bit of change in the back line as well because this back line that started the game tonight um, between Dunn, Davidson, Sauron, and O'Hara, that's the four that played throughout. Well, that we saw rotation throughout the Olympics, but that's the main four for Andonofsky. I want to see some rotation there because a back line is one that doesn't rotate a lot. Um, they stay pretty consistent. So if you can rotate that and get different players experience playing longer stretches of time in the back line, that could change. And I said it in our initial preview, I want Jane Campbell to get a full 90. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I, I want to see Jane Campbell uh, get, get a full 90. I wouldn't mind seeing the back line get rotated a bit. I'd love to see Kruger slot in there. Let's push Crystal Dunn higher, see what happens, <laughs> you know? Let's have uh, some fun with it. Uh, mix it up. The, these are the games to do it, right? You know, it's mm-hmm. um, they're the games that are coming right after the Olympics. They're not. They're just closing out the year. It's not like it's 2022 already, and you really do gotta hit the ground running in terms of preparation for a World Cup in in 2023. So these handful of games right now. Why not? You know, there was a lot of uh, discourse around uh, doing so much rotation during a tournament like the Olympics. But I think in something like small international windows like this, go for it. Go all in, especially with this current roster that you have in place, uh, which we've seen so 
often in the past you take an Olympic roster and because of such the short, such a short window, like turnaround time to prep for a world cup, a lot of familiar names are on that world cup roster as well from, from those uh, Olympics. So why not try to keep, getting all of these players different minutes, getting them more familiar with each other, uh, you know, on the road uh, to, to 2023. So we'll so see. Sandra, do you think, do you think Carly Lloyd will get the start again? Yes. I don't see how these games, the way they've been promoted, uh, the way the announcements were made. I don't uh, see how she doesn't get the starts quite frankly, in all four of these games. Um mm-hmm. Especially when, if it's performance based, <laughs> can you get another five goals, Carly? Let's yeah. let's see. Let's no, I mean, break a record. If we're gonna push her to be the best, let's have her break a record and get six goals, <laughs> single game. So the record right now for U.S. Women's National Team single game goals is five. Carly Lloyd did it tonight. She is tied yeah. with nine others in yeah. that spot. So if she gets six goals in one game, she breaks another record in her final three games at it with the national team. So, um, yeah, I mean, like, let's push her. She's the goat. Let's see what she can do. Get, get six, Carly. You're like break some records. I'm like, she did already. Yeah. She, she, <laughs> she bumped herself up on the, uh, the all time, uh, goal scores. List. So she's like cemented in, in third yes. place. She was like locked in a tie at one point. Right. With, uh, Christine Lilly. She's, so yeah, it's official number three. <laughs> and she's, uh, she's building on it. Uh, even if she scores in these next few games, that's a huge gap between one, two, and then third place. We're talking 185 or 184, right? And then uh, 180. Yes. So uh, Abby Wambach sits at number one for the U.S. at 184. Mia Hamm, number two at 158. Yeah. Um, and then Carly Lloyd sits yeah. right under that. And just that's for us. But if we go women international, Christine Sinclair for number the Canadian one. national team, she is number one at 187. So overall, Carly Lloyd, number four. Uh, but for us, she's number three right now for goal scores, international goal scored. We'll see if she, uh, we'll see if she adds to it. She's got three more games to do it. And uh, we'll be watching. We'll be here with you all along the way. I want to thank you all for joining us in this, you know, post-game first live reactions. We appreciate you all so much. Thank you for listening. I want to let you know that you can follow us on Twitter at Attacking Third. I also want to let you know that we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you listen to your podcast show. Please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And if you leave us a five-star review with a question, Lisa and I will answer it as part of our mailbag segment on Attacking Third. We're also available as, as video. As you can see, you're joining us now. Subscribe to us on YouTube.com. So go ahead and visit uh, YouTube and go to slash attacking third. You can also check out extended NWSL highlights on our YouTube page. So all the games that NWSL matches that take place on Paramount Plus, you can get all of those extended highlights on youtube.com slash attacking third so thanks for hanging out we will be back on monday with a special episode post united states women's national team match on tuesday we're going to have another live reaction show for you the episode will also be available as a podcast check it out for sandra Herrera and lisa roman this was the second thing Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance, avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town. 
And they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You don't want to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd. Exclusively on Paramount+.